Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. Now, as occupational therapy practitioners, when you are getting ready to schedule a patient's time and treatment and plan their treatment sessions, I know there's a lot of considerations that you're weighing. You're weighing what's just logistically possible with this patient, how much therapy will insurance actually reimburse me for. Uh, But I really like this article today because it really pushes us to be thinking about some other really key questions about how much time our patients are spending in therapy and what they're doing in therapy. It really pushes us to think how much therapy is actually needed to really rewire a patient's brain to get the kind of changes that we're hoping to see. And what kind of therapy actually speeds these changes and translates to the functional outcomes that we're hoping to find. So those are kind of universal questions that we're all thinking about as therapists. And unfortunately, there aren't a ton of very concrete answers for us, but there is a lot of research happening around this subject. And today we're going to dive into a particular article on a particular treatment, which is high repetition task-oriented training for stroke. And even if you don't work with stroke patients, I really hope that you stay with us for this episode because I think the research that's happening around this particular topic is forging into new territory. Stroke is one of the most researched diagnoses that we work with, and there is just a ton of research happening around this particular topic. So I think that as new discoveries are made around rehabilitation for stroke, I definitely see there being ripple effects for therapists working in all different practice settings. Now, before we dive into the article, I do want to qualify this conversation by just letting you know that the topic of high repetition and task-specific training is pretty hotly debated right now. There's a lot of research happening, lots of vested parties coming at it from different angles, and we obviously won't be able to get into all the nuances going there, but I hope that our discussion gives you just kind of a big picture of what's going on with that research, um, looking through the lens of this one particular journal article. So let's dive right in. The article that we're looking at is called Feasibility of High Repetition Task-Specific Training for Individuals with Upper Extremity Paresis. This is our first journal article that comes to us from the American Journal of Occupational Therapy. I am located in the United States, so this is my occupational therapy journal. And I do want to mention that this article is free to access online. The article was partially funded by a grant from the National Institute of Health, and part of getting that grant means that the research has to be made publicly available. So most of the research that is found in AJOT, you do have to pay to access, but this particular article is free for you to just hop online and read. It was published in 2014, and the article is ranked 31st on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related journal articles. 
If you are a member of the OT Potential Club, this is our article of the week for September 16th through September 22nd. And as always, the person that makes the most like comment will receive $100 at the end of the week. So let's dive right into the topics of this article, beginning with what is task-specific rehab and how was it carried out in this particular study? If you're not familiar with task-specific training, I really like the definition from Stroke Engine, which comes to us from Canada. It says that task-specific training, also called task-oriented training, involves practicing real-life tasks, such as walking or answering a telephone, with the intention of acquiring or reacquiring a skill, and that the task should be challenging and progressively adapted and should involve active participation. So this is obviously very OT, very function-based. Basically, the idea is instead of doing rote exercises that you are actually practicing tasks in your treatment sessions. There are actually several protocols out there for task-specific training for a stroke. But the one that they used in this study was derived from the work of Birkenmeyer. I'll link to that in the OT Potential Club. And the protocol involved identifying three meaningful activities for the patient to practice, and they identified these activities using an occupational profile. So that kind of gives us an idea of the task-specific component of this article. But as I mentioned, the treatment was task-specific and high repetition. So that leads us to our next question of what is high repetition rehab and how was it carried out in this article? High intensity rehab is basically what it sounds like. It's where you are trying to get a lot of repetitions into one treatment session. I don't think there's like a fixed number for what that exactly means, but in the research I've looked at, a lot of times we're looking at numbers of like 300 repetitions in one treatment session with the idea that you really need a lot of repetitions to actually rewire the brain. So there's been a lot of studies where they're doing this masked practice and trying to get all of those repetitions in. So for this particular study, the goal was to achieve 100 repetitions of each selected activity. That's 300 total repetitions um, using the principles of mass practice and shaping. The study was done in an inpatient rehab facility where patients received six days of occupational therapy. But for this study, four days per week at one hour sessions were dedicated to high repetition task specific training. And the other two days were dedicated to ADLs. So basically you're getting four days where for an hour, you're trying to do 300 different repetitions of this task specific training. Now, I want to pause right here and drive home the fact that this study was a feasibility study, meaning that it wasn't a study of whether task-oriented high-intensity rehab is effective. The study was simply intended to look at whether it is indeed possible to deliver this type of treatment in that inpatient rehabilitation setting and just whether logistically it worked for the therapist and to actually get all those repetitions and for the patients that they were able to do that without having unreasonable pain and fatigue from doing all those repetitions. And the conclusion of the study was that it is possible for patients to achieve almost 300 repetitions on average during those treatment sessions without unreasonably increasing their pain and fatigue. If you want to dig deeper into those numbers, you can definitely check out the article and they have some handy charts for you 
of how many repetitions patients were getting on a particular day. Next, I want to mention the assessments that were used during the study. The authors did track outcomes using assessments that uh, should be familiar to most OTs and that the patients did show improvement on all the outcome measures that were tracked. However, we do need to take these outcomes with a grain of salt because as I mentioned before, this was just a feasibility study and really wasn't intended to measure whether the treatment was effective. So there was no control or comparison as to whether the improvements were greater than usual OT care or even if they were just due to the natural course of healing. For members of the OT Potential Club, I will list all the assessments that were used. I always think those are helpful to look at. And I do want to mention here that I'll link to one technology piece that was new to me, which is an accelerometer, which are basically like watches that you place on the patient's wrists and then they track how much movement is happening in that arm over the day. And for a typically functioning adult, lots of times your arms are working together and so they'll have about the same amount of movement over the course of a day. But for someone who's had a stroke, obviously it's typical to see one of the arms having more movement than the other. So this is a really concrete way to track the usage of an affected extremity. Okay, so let's dive into the takeaways for OT practitioners. As always, these are just my own personal takeaways. They weren't mentioned in this journal article, and they're really just meant to serve as a discussion starter for us. So my first takeaway is this, that the research on high repetition task-specific training is still really in the early stages. And so far this year, we've seen mixed messages about it in our journal club. We've actually already looked at three different journal articles that talked about task-specific and high-intensity training for stroke. Uh, the first, probably the biggest, was a 2016 systematic review, which recommended different treatments for upper extremity rehab. If you haven't looked at this one, I really encourage you to check that particular article out because it gave such a good big-picture overview of upper extremity stroke rehab. But this article definitely said that the research around task-specific training at that time was insufficient and really questioned whether at times whether this masked practice actually translates to other functional gains. We also looked at two different randomized controlled trials, both of which involved a task-specific high-intensity treatment protocol. And for both of those randomized control trials, the results were insignificant, meaning that they didn't show greater improvement over usual care of occupational therapy. So all that being said, though, we're definitely just looking at a fraction of the research on the topic. And from my perspective, it seems that high-intensity rehab is something that shows promise and will continue to be explored. And also that shift from an exercise-based approach to stroke care to a more task and function-based approach to stroke care just seems like the direction that things are heading, it makes sense that practicing these more complex tasks uh, would have a better chance of carrying over than just doing rote exercises. But there's still a lot of questions floating out there. Should these tasks be done in mass practice or in a more naturalistic setting? Or is there some kind of technology coming? 
that will help us kind of bridge all these things together, uh, which leads into my second takeaway. And that is that technologies are going to be heavily influencing this conversation about best practices for upper extremity stroke care. We've already looked at articles in the Journal Club about biomarkers and about virtual reality, and we've heard mention of brain interface technologies, and all these things could have the potential of having increased tracking of what's actually happening at the brain level, as well as possibilities for helping to get this high repetition through gaming or robotics. So there's a lot of fun future possibilities out there. And my last takeaway, which is definitely the biggest, is that these trends are all good news for OTs. I definitely believe that finding out what motivates people is just totally our jam. And having a high motivation is an essential component of trying to help these patients engage in this high intensity rehab where we're asking them to do lots of repetitions over and over. You really have to be tapping into motivation and meaning, I think, to actually carry this out. I also believe that task-oriented approaches are totally in our function-based wheelhouse. I would say they are part of our bread and butter. As we think about what tasks could actually contribute to improved overall functioning. And I also believe that OTs are uniquely poised to adapt technologies to help make all this possible. We've all been trained in thinking about how technology can help patients engage with our environments. And I think that we'll be seeing new technologies come to market that will help us kind of take that to the next level and will be uniquely suited for OTs to work with. So I want to leave you with one discussion starter question. And that question is, how do you see this conversation about levels of intensity and task-specific training potentially influencing your work in your particular setting? Like I said at the beginning, I know that this topic is specific to stroke rehab, but I do think that there are ripple effects and implications for all of us and that this is just some good questions for us to be asking ourselves as occupational therapy practitioners. Okay, so that is all that I have for you today. I did want to let you know that the OT Potential Podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club, which is our online journal club where I have a written out discussion starter for us on the article of the week. And most importantly, we have a forum where people can chime in. And especially with articles like this that are so complex, we really rely on you guys to help us fill in the conversation and talk to us about how this is specifically affecting your actual practice. So if you are not a member, I encourage you to consider joining us. It is $25 per year if you sign up during the month of September. In October, our price will be going up. So September is a great time to join to get locked in at that $25 per year price. Thank you so much for joining me today and thinking about this important research. And I hope that the podcast and all the materials helps you provide great care this week.